I poured myself the biggest vodka martini that you've ever seen. I made a pitcher and I just honestly, honestly looked at this glass, this pitcher, and I talked to it. I was like, oh my God, hello, lover. I've missed you. And something inside of me goes, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Welcome to the show, Laurie. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. What's your sober date? It is February 16th, 2010. Oh, wow. So you got over a decade under your belt now. I do. I do. I do. I do. It was, uh, I, I, I actually haven't um, gotten so excited about my recovery if you will um until like the pandemic is that crazy is that crazy kind of I don't yeah I I I mean I was I'm sober I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing I'm going to meetings I'm you know taking it one day at a time and I'm just going about my business and and, you know nothing exciting nothing whatever you know so I'm sober and um I don't say it out loud you know people that know me know that I'm sober and you know that's that but uh I got to 10 years sober and I was excited you know hey 10 years woohoo <laughs> um but I couldn't go to meetings anymore I couldn't go to meetings anymore because of because of what happened and you so hit your you hit your 10 years start- during co- during lockdowns right yeah yeah so it's like all right so i i didn't go to get my coin i bought my own (laughs) i went and bought my own coin (laughs) and i'm thinking well you know what that's okay i've got 10 years so i don't have to do meetings anymore i'm sober and i know what to do so i'm just gonna not go to meetings and you know, I've got some friends, of course, that have, you know, multiple years. Uh, I'll call them if I need anything, but I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I was going out of my mind. I was There's, going out yeah. of my mind. I, I, I was missing the uh, connections. I was missing um, seeing people on a daily basis. Um, I started getting... Um, <clears throat> more road rage than normal. (laughs) I was not pleasant to be around. And I I honestly needed to be around people. So somebody said to me, have you checked out the community, the recovery community um, on Instagram? I go, Instagram, are you kidding me? I, no, 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 I'm I'm good. I don't want to see people baking cakes and, you know, (laughs) like I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. So I go on to Instagram and I start following people that are in recovery. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. I have never, uh, I have never in my sobriety had so much excitement and passion before. Yep. Seeing the recovery community on Instagram, I, I, I shit you not. I thought that you know, 
whatever. I just, like I said, I'll just stay sober. I won't drink. And I have found meetings on there. I have found uh, some girls that I talk to on a daily basis that live all over the country. Um, I, I start recovering out loud. What? <laughs> I can do that? Yep. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. And, and it's crazy just because like I that. had no idea it was there either. You know, until like <laughs> I started my podcast, you know, and then I started like searching for other people to like interview like yourself. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't realize like Instagram, TikTok and Facebook, how big the recovery community. And, it, you know, it might have gotten bigger during COVID. You know what I mean? It might not have been that big yeah. two years ago. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah, either I don't know. because I just found it in the last six months, you know, and my sober date is a year and a half ago. And my, you know, I've been clean from opiates for three and a half years when I started recovery. And so, and I still wasn't finding, I was, I was old school like you, right? Going to hitting the meetings. I did 250 and 90 to make sure that I stayed sober. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I'm not even exaggerating. It was it was around 250 in night in my first 90 that I did 250 meetings. Wow. Um, wow. LA, there's so many meetings that it was possible to do something like that. I was going to four or five a day sometimes, 7 a.m. nooners, 6 p.m. 8 p.m. 11 p.m. And I loved it. Whatever. You know, I was yeah. inundated. And it, kept you, and it kept you accountable. And it was, you know, and that's it was what that I, connection. Know, I was like, All right. Yeah. It was like the connection that you mentioned that you find on Instagram, but in LA, I could literally meeting hop and get connection from one to another. I could go from AA to NA to CA, you know, all right down the street from each other and hit them all on the line and get a whole lot of recovery. My brother's, my brother's from LA, so I know the LA scene in recovery. It's I've been to a lot of meetings. They're amazing. It's amazing out there. I love amazing. them. I miss them. I miss them so much. I'm in, I'm in the woods in the mountains in PA now. Um, the total opposite of LA, you know, I am in it. We are in a college town. So, um, meth runs rampant where we are. Um, and I, you know, we, I started up an NA group at our place and we have an AA group at our place that meets like every morning, 9am and NA meets at night, but you know, we're just new and we're just starting to build a community around there of, of accepting with AA and NA both fellowships, um, just to give people a place to go for that support. But guess what? There's yeah. sometimes where no one's there. There's no meeting. And so this is my meeting, you know, sitting down yeah. and talking with people. Literally, you know, I've had women from Scotland, um, the UK, Australia, you know, yeah. all, all on the show. Canada's coming up soon, you know. Like, I'm surprised I haven't gotten Canada sooner. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to there. Canada pretty soon. I'm going to Canada in about 40 minutes. <laughs> really? I love Canada. We love I, Canada. Woo. So do I. Where, where are you from then? I, I'm from Connecticut. You're talking to me in Connecticut. Okay. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing an interview with a couple from Canada in a little while. Um, and I, like you, when I started, I, you know, my my brother calls me and says, why don't you, why didn't you do a podcast? Why are you doing YouTube? I go, cause I'm old and I don't know. I don't know any of these things, but I started doing my YouTube channel and it was just my friends in Connecticut, my little group. And we, so we started chatting and I started getting people um, commenting 
and asking me if they could come on the show. And I'm like, okay, I don't know you, but all right. <laughs> like, I, that's just how, like my little group, my little, little group, I didn't go out of my little group. So it's, it was just so bizarre to me. And, and, and the thing that I love the most, the thing that I love the most, I am such a creature of habit that once I start doing something, I don't want to stop doing it because then it's going to screw something up, right? We're, we're addicts, Mari. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. We're still yeah. addicts. We're just, our yeah. drug now so is I'm like, well, if somebody tells me they're not going to meetings, I'm like, wait, what? What do you go to meetings? What do you, what, so what do you do? My mind has been blown. My mind has been opened that the last year and a half of my sobriety, I have learned more from people that don't go to meetings. I still choose to go to them because I love them. It's my, it's my sanctuary. I love, I love, love, love my AA peeps. Um, but I am learning who knew at 58 years old that I could learn something. <laughs> yeah, because, it's, you know, and there has to be different ways because you know what? Like your addiction was different than my addiction. And yeah. any of the old timers addictions are way different than any of us coming in as newcomers yes. because the drugs oh. are different. You know, yes. fentanyl wasn't around in the 80s when you got sober, man. You know, with your 30 some years. <laughs> So, you know, the yeah. drugs are different. Um, the the ways we communicate with our drug dealers and the relationships that we build with them are more dangerous now with social media and with cell phones. Like, you're even a little bit past the cusp of, like, having to, like, always I had a beeper. Exactly. I had a beeper. <laughs> exactly my point. That's exactly my I point. I had a beeper for my dealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was your drug of choice, Laurie? alcohol alcohol took me out but I loved my cocaine I loved my cocaine I actually you know when I you were you were you were in your 20s in the 80s if my I was in my I was in my 20s and 30s yes when coke was flying through everywhere especially even new are you from Connecticut because like New England was New England was flowing with coke in the 80s because of Georgie coming from you know, Pablo down there and flying up to Massachusetts. Yeah, it was, time, it was great. It was yeah. awesome. And see, I, I'm, I'm very, um, I come from a very Italian family. And so, you know, my parents didn't drink. My grandparents didn't drink. So I, I wasn't a drinker. And so I am 21 years old. I'm married. I have my first child, very, very Italian. I don't go anywhere I don't do the things that girls were doing at that time, going to discos, discos. I'm really dating myself. (laughs) I am really dating myself, but I didn't go out. I didn't do all of that. I stayed home like a good Italian girl, good Italian Catholic girl. And I didn't, I didn't do all of that. I'd have a drink every once in a while, of course, you know, but I didn't, whatever. Somebody introduces me to cocaine and I'm like, what is this? This little, little thing. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever. I go into the bathroom 
I see a little spot on my tile wall and I start cleaning it and I start cleaning the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm not depressed. I hey. could talk. Yep. I just went, it was, it was. And for, and for those that don't know, Coke was acceptable in the eighties. Like it was <laughs> like, like allowed, like it, there was no stigma. Like if you were to like be like, oh, I just did some Coke last night to your boss. They'd be like, oh, me too. Like, you know, cocaine was yeah, yeah. not stigmatized until like no. early nineties, late eighties, yeah. you know, but yeah. the first 10 years that Coke started coming from Columbia, like and not, not the first 10 years, but there was like a decade long rush in the late seventies to mid late eighties where there was more Coke flowing through the United States than ever before. And yeah. it was all from Columbia. I could get it at any time. I would just, yep. I would and them and I would be like, hey, yeah, could you get me some more? And it was like, oh. It was just I as acceptable. It. it was just as acceptable to be like, I'm going to the Packy to pick up or I'm going yeah. to my guy to pick up some Coke. Yeah. You know, yeah. Packy's in New England or Packy's. It went hand in hand. And I, I, it, it, woof. I was, it, it, it took, it took my life away. I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to do anything else but that. I, I just could not stop doing Coke. And of course, that's when I found, I was 33 years old. I had asked my husband for a divorce. And that was the first time I walked into a bar. Really? I Oh yeah, I went absolutely insane because I never did all those things as a teenager or a girl in my 20s. So I am 33, 34 years old and I am going absolutely nuts. Guys, drinks, coke, I mean, you name it, I was a wild dog out of cage because woohoo I'm real I'm doing I'm doing this nobody's gonna tell me I can't uh, you had and to have loved it if you went for 12 years doing it because from my math it tells uh, me you went for over a decade just at the yeah, bar thing. it was great it was awesome but I I I had two children I had two children oh my god and they were they were little but I I, I really I I said, this was for me. I was going to do this for me because I never had a childhood. Me, 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 me. So I'm going to relive it, right? And it, it it got crazy. It got crazy. So I meet another gentleman that I fell in love with, like instantly, of course. And he did not like the cocaine part of me. Listen, you could do whatever you want, but I was with somebody that did cocaine and it's not a good thing. So if you want to do it, fine, mm. but I can't be with you if you continue to do it. And I'm like, no, I'll stop. I'll stop. I could do this. And I did. I stopped doing the cocaine. Well, guess what? Guess what takes over in spades? Alcohol. The alcohol. Whoa. The alcohol. Yeah. Because, because that is acceptable. Legal. Yep. Yes. And the stigma by then, because if this was 10 years, if you found Coke at 21, but really you didn't start going out drinking until 33. So we're into the 90s now where Coke is bad. People have seen overdoses. People have seen what happens 
with long-term cocaine use, and now they're saying, don't do it, it's not cool anymore. But you know what's still cool? And still cool to 2021, get fucking drunk. Fall out drunk, drunk. blackout drunk, and it's a rite of passage. I was a blackout. Oh, I I blacked out last night, and then you high-five over it. Like, it's crazy. I had a girlfriend who who bought me for Christmas a towel. It was a towel for the beach. And it was a chalk outline of a body because that's what I would do. I would just pass out on her back porch or I would pass out. I would pass out. Well, we all laughed about it. Oh my God. I was fucking mortified. I was like, oh my God, that's who I am. That's who I am. I am. I can't stop. I just, I, once I start, I can't stop. What is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? When I was doing Coke, I was fine. But I didn't want to go, but I didn't want to go back to the Coke either. I didn't. It was too expensive. I'm a tight one. <laughs> I I you know, and, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? But I had this great job. My kids are, you know, older now. Um, I've got this beautiful home. I, I'm driving around in a Lexus. I mean, I am I am doing all these things and I'm passing out every night. Were you like, every were you night. like, were you like the mom drinker? Like, you know, where like it's 5 p.m. I can get drunk now. Or were you drinking during the day as well? I I was not drinking during the day um, until maybe like the last six months of my drinking. So I, I had a really high powered job that I needed to do. So and I did it. I did. I don't know how, but I did it. And I. I decided that something had to give. And I finally admitted to my um, ex-husband, you know, I think I've got a problem. He goes, you think? (laughs) And he said to me, you know what your problem is? Your problem is you can't stop after one. Why can't you just have one? You have no willpower. And I'm like, my God, you're right. I'm a smart girl. I'm, I'm running a multi-million dollar company. I am not, I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid. Like, you're right. You're right. I don't know why I just don't stop after one. And so I tried that. Oh, yeah, right. It doesn't last very long. It doesn't last very long. So I decided to give it up altogether. And I did it for like six weeks. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I was on a diet and I was going to this women's health fitness. Way too much. Way too oh, much. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's but I think I, I'm all in. I'm an all or nothing girl, so I'm gonna go all in. This is why we it need was, sponsors, Laurie. This is why we need sponsors. I didn't, I didn't even know about AA at this point. I had no I, idea. I was just know, doing it on my own. I tried doing it too, though. When I first went <laughs> to rehab, my only time I went to rehab, and I got a sponsor, and I was on a diet, and I I took shantics. I was gonna quit smoking, and yeah. you know. And I said to my sponsor, all these things and joy and, and, and looking forward, he goes, you got to pick one. No, I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, you have to pick one, man. This is way too much. You're going to shock your system and you're going to you're going to go right back into using drugs again. So pick yeah, one. Well, I wish somebody Don't had told me that. Because I- <laughs> so I picked smoking because I, yeah. I need a cigarette still. So I was like, OK, fine. I'll keep smoking cigarettes. And I changed from menthol to regular 
as as like a way, you know. <laughs> and plus, yeah, you were doing of, some like a, a regular cigarette to like a light, you know. <laughs> honestly, honestly, though, it was because of meetings. You know, I'm that guy that was always giving out cigarettes at meetings outside. And then I noticed that whenever somebody had regular cigarettes and not menthol, nobody wanted them. So I switched back to Marble 27s, which I had, hadn't smoked since high school. And it was the anniversary of my best friend's death. Um, actually, my, my studio is named after him, John Johnson Memorial Studio. It was the anniversary of his death. And me and him started smoking 27s together when they came out when we were in high school. That's when they were first came out, like 2003. Okay. And so I bought them for John that day. I was like, oh, I'll get 27s then because they're regulars and nobody will buy them. And then I still smoke them to this day, three and a half years later. So, you know, and, and my diet no, eventually away, but still it is way too much early I know. On. Well, I didn't know, but I, well, I'm now an alcoholic and an addict, so I'm all or nothing. I'm yeah. all or nothing. You know, I just, you know, so I'm going to do it all. And I go out to California. No, I don't go out to California. I meet my brother and his friend from California, but we meet in Vegas. And yeah, so now they're both sober. And okay. so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink in front of them. Right. So we go to the show and um, I'm with Frankie and we go to the show and he's a hairdresser for the person who was doing the show. And I won't mm. mention the name, but we get invited to uh, an after party. Dude, I am like, that's the band Good Charlotte. Like I am like going, I'm surrounded by celebrities and who's drinking, who's doing drugs, who's smoking marijuana, like it was just a free-for-all, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm a good girl. I'm not doing anything. I'm a good girl. I'm not doing anything. See, I'm not bad. I can control it. I have willpower. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do any drugs. I remember the whole night. It was like awesome. I got to meet some really cool people. And I fly back to Connecticut and I am like, I got this under control. If I can be around all of that and not do anything, all I got to do is just a little bit, just a little bit, and I'll be okay. <laughs> oh my this God. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo. We have a Cash App. We have a PayPal. We have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Oh my God. I poured myself the biggest vodka martini that you've ever seen. I made a pitcher and I just honestly, honestly looked at this glass this picture and I talked to it I was like oh my god hello lover I've missed you 
and something inside of me goes, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But I did it. I did it. I did it. I only remember drinking one, but the whole picture was gone. I yep. blacked out, totally blacked out. That and I'm reminds like, me, like, that, that, <laughs> that happens, you know, that's like that, rel- you know, um, I remember when I relapsed with drinking after 13 months. And I, you know, I was inundated, indoctrinated with AA after 13 months when I went out. And it was, I went out on a resentment, right? So, like, I want, I was resenting the old group. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll show them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, now I've worked through that, you know, but still, I still, I went out on a resentment and um, I drank over it. And, but I poured the first two out. I bought a six pack okay. of twisted tea and I poured the first two out just to prove to the old group like they were watching me, you know, that I didn't need to drink all six, that I'm not an alcoholic because I don't need to drink all six. No, JD, you poured them out first. If you would have poured them out last, it's different, but you can't just pour them out before you drink to prove that. But it was just so dumb. And yeah, I drank, you know, and but and it reminds um, the movie, uh, what's it with Chris Rock? Um, New Jack City when Chris Rock is a crackhead and he gets clean and now he's trying to like do all this stuff but when he relapses he's staring at that crack pipe and crying staring at that crack pipe about the choice that he knows he's inevitably going to take and the path is inevitably going to take him down as much as he doesn't want to go down it it's like he has to go down it you yeah. know, just to find out, like, yeah, he had to. you know, we have to find out for ourselves that this is not going to so work. Right. I know you're so right. I, I know. And I just, I, I still remember that voice inside of me going, don't, 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 don't. And I did, 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 did. It took me um, after that, it took me a year and a half of trying different things. I had gone to Italy on a trip and I found, you know, uh, this, this wine that had no sulfites in it. So it didn't give me a hangover. So I was ordering like, you know, cases of it. Like, this is what, I'll just stick to wine. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's no way you went to Italy and didn't drink. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I did in this year and a half, but I, fa- I, I thought I found a solution again. Like, yeah. I'll just drink this. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. No, um, I mean, no, now now I'm sure you can. Have you been back to Italy in sobriety in the last No, I haven't, not sober. I'm dying to go uh, back to Italy sober. I am so dying to go back because I, I do remember p- bits and pieces. I've been twice, but both times I was uh, drinking very heavily. Yeah. Um, but I'm dying to go back. No, it, it happens. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, it I makes know. you feel any better. I skipped out on a free trip to England and Scotland that was for 12 days with my family because I knew I wouldn't be able to make it without withdrawing. So I had to turn down that free trip because there was no way I was going to go 12 days without perks. Without without something. Yeah, without, without pills. Something, right? Without pills. Like alcohol, oh, yeah, I, could have, I could have drank over there fine in Scotland. But pills, you know, I can't sneak them on a plane. There's no way I can bring... 12 days worth with me because guess what they're going to be gone by day two because i know myself you know <laughs> whenever i'm trying crazy. to travel with pills so crazy making plans around drinking or drugging just it, i wake up in the morning and say oh it's you know taco tuesday so let's you know let's do you know tequila 
mm-hmm. something around it. And I never ate. I was just, oh God. By the way, I, I love had your three wrist. Different... I love the I love the wrist and the heart. The oh, semicolon. Thank you, the the, heart. Yeah, the semicolon. Yeah, I, um, I got the semicolon. Oh, I love that. I got the semicolon with me and my two kids, my son and my daughter. We both we three of us got them on our wrist and the girl that started this movement, I, unfortunately, I don't she, remember her name. She, she died. She killed herself, killed herself. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I, I went back and I put the heart around it in her, in her oh, honor. And I don't know so why I don't remember her name, but I was following her for a while. And it was, yeah. yeah. Our story is not over. Our story is That's not what that over. is. Yep. I got one right here and I got it on my wrist too. And it's always yeah, right there. I, I it. got it um, when I was three months sober. I got it. I think, I think That's I was like awesome. two or three months sober when I got it. So it was a few years ago. I got this one when I was um, a few months sober and it's to thine own self be true. And it is my, it's my anniversary to 1610. And the tattoo artist wanted to put it the other way. He goes, it's supposed to be one. So people could see it. I go, dude, nope. no, you don't. I don't no, care about I that. Most thing. of mine are upside down to everybody. I need to, while I'm picking up a drink, I need to it right in my face. I got so progress not perfection right here. And it's upside down. I got carpe diem. It's upside down. Most upside of my down. I need to see it. I need to see it. I don't you give a fuck if you can read it. It's I'm paying money. Yeah, I this is it. all this is for me. Yeah, yeah this it's is not for me. You. It's for me. <laughs> like you Did know, I know I, I, that one was that was a huge one for me to be true to myself and not to worry about anybody else. And the progress, not perfection, is great. I love that it says that, that was on, day on two the after rehab. Yeah, that was my set. I was walking along the Venice boardwalk. And um, my roommate and I, we saw a tattoo shop and he was like, let's go check it out. And, uh, you know, the guy did it for a hundred bucks for me right there on the spot. So I sat down. I went to rehab with one tattoo and um, I came home with 17. Four months, four months later. I've got, I've got many. I've got many. They're not all over. I have have the, you know, obligatory one day at a time inside of a calendar. The days are written out. I have hope on my arm, you know, in Scottish Gaelic, you know, I have a few that are, I definitely have like five or six that remind me of sobriety. Um, but the rest are like TV references and movie even song All references. Right. I, 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 I got, I got, I got obsessed with it. I've got tons of them on my back. <laughs> yeah, it happens. But I love, I love progress, not perfection, because I'm also a recovering perfectionist. Everything that I ever did had to be perfect or I did not want to do it. Um, I'm the oldest family member. I'm the oldest, you know, granddaughter. I'm the oldest niece. I'm the oldest everything on both sides of the family. So I took this little thing upon myself to be the perfect person. My house had to be perfect. My everything, everything, everything. And I just had to throw that all out the window. And I... You know, when you asked me this morning, hey, you want to sneak one in? And I'm like, you know what? Normally I'd be like, oh, my God, no, I can't. I got to, you know, it's got to be planned. You know, let's do it. You know, let's just do it. Give me five minutes and let's just do it. I remember when I told um, he's not my sponsor. He wasn't my sponsor. He was like more of a mentor, you know, old timer. I was at every meeting with him and we would always talk before and after meetings. And when I got my tattoo, um, he said, do you know what perfection even means? And he 
blew me away because I couldn't define perfection. And I it's couldn't define perfect. Pers- you know, perspective. We all perspective have these, these thoughts. Exactly. Yeah, it's having all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics as good as it possibly to be. So in our eyes, in our eyes. So we could never be perfect, but we could be perfect to somebody. My wife can call me perfect all day long and I'll tell her she's fucking crazy. But really, it's in her eyes. I am to her. And that's the thing is we get so caught up in what's in our head that we forget. And so and but progress, not perfection for me is I love chapter five. I love how it works. I love that entire reading. I love that we strive for spiritual progress rather than spirit. You know what I mean? Like, I love that entire reading. So it was just stuck in my head for that 29 days and impatient. So when I got out of impatient, got into sober living, that was the first thing I got. But anyway, so now you're drinking at the bars all the time in your 30s into your 40s. Any DUIs popping up? Anything that's going to make you try to stop? No, you know, it's funny, too, because I, um, I got pulled over twice. And the cop let me go both times. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm a woman. I don't know because I was like, I, you know. Were you close so to home? I, I apologize. I said, um, I know I was going a little bit too fast. I should know better. You know, I'll I'll take it easy. Um, and I got one of the times that I got pulled over, I did get a ticket for speeding. But it was a $90 ticket. And I'll take that all day long. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so I stopped. I, I stopped out, and I just started staying home. And I had in one one of my my rooms in my house, I had turned into a bar. This thing was ridiculous. It was by, a bar. By then, in your forties, now you have a twenty year old who is basically probably out of the house or not nothing. Well, yeah, they're all out of the house. It's just me and be- my husband. Yeah, you didn't need to be responsible for anybody as opposed to, like, when it comes to, like, when they're younger, you're like, oh, shit, I got to make sure I can drive to the hospital just in case something happens. Yeah, yeah. But, well, that, uh, or I bring them to my mom's because I know my yeah. mom was, you know, my my, <laughs> my mom would be able to take care of it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying home. Uh, the last six months of my drinking, I'm staying home. I had this bar. It had a dartboard. It had a karaoke machine. It had pub tables in it. It was ridiculous. The people, uh, I go to three different, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Okay. Liquor stores. Okay. Three different liquor stores so that they know how bad I was. And uh, every time I go Oh yeah, every time I'd go, they'd always ask, where's the party? And it was like, it was for me. My kids had bought me this beautiful, um, this beautiful table and it had all the holes in it for, you know, different kinds of wines. And it had 16 different slots for wines, but I had it filled with 16 different flavored vodkas. Vodka was my thing. And if I ran out of one, oh my God, God help us. I had to go and get, you know, my strawberry vodka or, you know, my grapefruit and vodka. Oh, my God. I had been to uh, restaurants and had, you know, the martini lists. And so I had every single thing to go to make these martinis. Every single thing. Every single thing. It was, it was, it was crazy. 
And I remembered one night uh, getting up in the middle of the night and I just, like, I needed, I needed, a, I needed a drink. And my husband said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the bathroom. He goes, there's a bathroom right here. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to bother you. So I was going to go downstairs and I'm doing shots like one after the other Southern comfort. And my heart's beating because I'm, you're, my you're, adrenaline is pumping because I don't want him to come downstairs. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to go to sleep. I just want to go to sleep. And I slipped back into bed and obviously passed out. And when I woke up, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what. And I said to my husband, what's wrong? He goes, you don't know? I'm like, if I knew, I wouldn't be asking you. I had bruises on my leg. Apparently I fell. I was just a mess. I was saying really nasty things to him um, in this blackout. I, 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 needed, I needed help. I needed help. And it was around Christmas time was, you know, it was around Christmas time in 2009. And I said, you know, we were going to go to, uh, we were going to go to some marriage counseling. Maybe that would help. And so it's not the drinking. (laughs) No, good God. No. So I set up this meeting to go on January 8th of 2010 to a marriage counselor. And I'm going about my day and I'm thinking about going to this meeting and my son who's 23 at the time comes into my office and he's all depressed and he's like, and I'm like, Nicholas, what's wrong? And I'm on the phone and he's got tears in his eyes and he's just like standing there. And I'm like, I knew that he smoked pot and I never, never questioned him on it. Like, so what? It's pot. It's only pot, you know? Oh, (laughs) anyways. I put the phone down and I said to him, honey, you're getting way, way, way too depressed. I think it's the pot. I think you should stop smoking pot. First time I've ever said to him to stop something because I didn't want to say to stop something because I'd be a hypocrite. And he was like, mom, it's, it's, it's not pot. And, and I go, well, what's wrong? Maybe you need to go see somebody, you know, I've got my own, like I'm saying in my head, I got my own problems. I got to go, you know, save my marriage, you know, like what is, what's, what's going on? And he just starts crying. And I'm like, Nicholas, what? Spit it out. <sighs> Mom, I'm addicted to heroin and I can't get off. What? Son of a bitch. No, I, I, you see how upset I'm getting because I feel like it would just happen yesterday because those words, I, heroin, I, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, New England this in the late, mid to late 2000s. This, yeah, this was 2010. And, and so this kid has got, you know, polo shirts on and his little backpack. And I'm like, this is not what, no, 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 no. And I said to him, go home. I send him home to the place where he's doing heroin. Like, where was my thought process? Because first of all, I need to go save my marriage. He's got, he's on heroin and now I've got to get him some help. So I'm going to put me on hold, (laughs) me on hold for a little while. So we go to the, we go to the marriage counseling thing. And of course, I'm just talking about my kid and the, the, the counselor gave me some, some recommendations 
And my husband says something like that I was an alcoholic. So my head flips around like Linda Blair, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? I can only handle one thing at a time, people. <laughs> like, and at that moment, it was my son. At that moment, it was my son. So I, I went home. I used all of the resources that he gave me. And I was online. And something popped up on the computer. Can I help you? As I'm drinking my Southern Comfort and Diet Coke, you know, can I help you? And I'm like, yes, I need you to fix my son. Like, can you do, can you do that? And so he, I get him into rehab like two o'clock in the morning. He's going to go to detox for a few days in New Haven, Connecticut, and then they're going to pick him up and bring him to the, the, to the mountains of Connecticut, and they're going to take care of him. They're going to fix him and send him back to me. Thank you. My job is done. <sighs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. It, you yeah. Know, there's a reason the book says cunning, baffling. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, yes, there is. Um, he didn't even make a week in rehab. Um, and so he came home and I don't know what to do with him. And he's flipping out and I'm flipping out and I'm, you know, drinking to f not flip out. Yep. And uh, we get, yeah. The call like it is, you were drinking to medicate. Yeah, yeah. I get him into another program that's going to do phases instead of a 30-day program. So he learned to live, blah, blah, blah. And so he goes down there and um, I it, it helped him tremendously. What it also did was on February 14th, 2010, I got invited to a, a meeting. I brought my mother. I brought his father. We're going to learn how to, you know, say no to him, stop enabling him, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're talking and they're talking and they're talking. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, they're talking about me. This is me. Were you an um, on? No, it was just a meeting of 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 the powers that be at, at this rehab okay, facility. Okay. And I've never had that kind of counseling before and talking about the addict and what he does and what he thinks and what he feels. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's a reason that third I'm word is powerful. Be... That third word being cunning, baffling, powerful is because of how powerful I got it is. Yeah. I got hit on the side of the head. Yeah. There was nothing I was going to be able to do for this child unless I was good myself. And so I went home on February 14th, Valentine's Day. I went home. I drank myself crazy for two days because I knew it was my last hurrah. And I called my brother because he was in uh, the program of AA. And he, I said, what do I do? He said, walk into a meeting. And I was at one meeting for his one-year anniversary, three years prior, two years prior, so it was 150 people in an LA meeting. So that's yeah. what I thought it was going to be. Not in Thomas, Connecticut, <laughs> I walk in and there's seven, seven people. <laughs> Plenty hide. of ways to share there for you because yeah, those LA meetings, it, it, it is like, you know, completely yeah. night and day when you come back to the sticks. And because yeah. people don't realize like a small meeting in LA is 40, 50 people. That's a small meeting yeah. in LA, you know, and 
But, you know, I like I do like smaller rooms sometimes, but I do like the bigger rooms when it's a speaker meeting, when it's a, when yeah. it's a, when it's a featured speaker. Then, yeah, I like the bigger room. Um, but if it's like a room with a lot of crosstalk and sharing and, you know, that kind of thing, like I want a small group where I love crosstalk. Yeah. A lot of people don't like crosstalk. I think when it's done right, it can be extremely beneficial and it also makes it not as boring. <laughs> um, yes. yes. But I, you know, my, my, my first meeting, you know, I, I was expecting just to like sit up against the wall and just listen. So they're like, what's your name? And I'm like, this is anonymous. I don't have to tell you, <laughs> you know, and already combative, Laurie. Yeah. Like, and how long have you been sober? And I'm like, what time is it? And my hands are all sweaty and clammy and, and it's a bunch of bikers. It's a bunch of bikers. So I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. And two of them, two, two gentlemen came up to me later and just said, you know, just keep coming, you know, and because I kept saying, I don't know, I don't know if I'm coming or going. I my, I can't even think straight. And they're like, you know, if you keep coming, you'll get to where you're going. And that always stuck with me. That was my first meeting. That has stuck with me for almost 12 years. I was like, wow. And so I did. I did. I I I didn't know why I was going. Um, but I went to one meeting, one meeting a week. Wednesday night meeting. I and and I felt good when I got there. I white knuckled it all week long, and I got there, and I felt I was like, okay, I was feeling safe, and I felt like I was this little chihuahua, little little long haired chihuahua with all these like pit bulls. You know what I mean? So, but I but they made me feel safe. Like, and they were all talking about their addictions, and and I'm like, all right, okay, I I, I can do this. I can do this I can do this and you know a couple times it would be like you know you should get a sponsor and I'm like no I'm good I'm not drinking so I'm good very very willful very willful and you know I was concentrating more on you know Nicholas and I, I wanted to stay sober for him um, but I had the reservations like if something happened to him then I had a way out you're not going to tell me if something happens to my child I'm not, I'm not promising anything, you know, um, if I lose my job, if, if I, you know, if my husband asked me for a divorce, cause by this time he's had enough of me, <laughs> yeah. um, all these things, all these reservations. So I wasn't going to get, I was not going to be accountable. Mm -mm. It was going to be something that was going to put me out and it was going to be my fault. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what, my friend, my first year in sobriety, my first year in sobriety, my husband asked me for a divorce. I lost my career. I lost my house. I had a turn in my beloved Alexis. My son relapsed. And I stayed sober. What? What? Did, what did you start going to more meetings than once a week? Did you find a sponsor? I did you find I a did. higher power? Did you start working the steps? <laughs> I did. It's almost as I if did. I know you the little shits that I hated so much. <laughs> like uh, you, you don't know me. <laughs> the promises started coming true, and I, mother of sweet baby Jesus, all this shit. I even got, I got arrested as well for something that I did in active addiction. So everything came full circle. 
excuse me, but I did not have to drink, not once, not once. And the crazy part is I didn't even think about it because I knew in my head, I was like, I don't have time for it. I got so much going on right now. I don't have time for the, I don't have time for this shit. I think, I think if once you get to like 12, 18 months, and I think as long as you're not mourning the old drinking self, you're not thinking, yeah. you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, um, we were in here oh, no, you know, the other day, um, my, my wife paints all the time and that's like her thing. She has a whole studio for painting in our, in our, in our place right next to my room. And I remember um, it was night before Thanksgiving and we're literally right next to a bar and I'm outside smoking a cigarette and of our meeting center for AA and NA and I'm outside smoking. And um, I went back inside and I said to her like, man, it is, it is crazy out there. There are so many people already. She was like, for what? I was like, it's Thanksgiving Eve. It's the biggest drinking night of the year. She's like, oh my God, I didn't even, I forgot all about it. You know, because you get, if you, yeah. as long as you're not actively mourning the right. old drinks. And that was the thing. And, 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 and the other thing was too, is that I was so serious. Like, this is so serious. I lost a friend uh, five months sober. Uh, her, her, her husband died of alcoholism, like 38 years old. And a that hit me hard. Like, oh my God, this is some serious shit. Like I never even, you know, I couldn't even think, I never thought about it because who wants to look at this, right? But I, it, I was taking it very seriously. So anybody that was laughing in the meetings, like, I was like, what are you fucking laughing at? Like, this is serious. <laughs> it was 18 months. I was 18 months sober. I'm with this group. We're at a, we're at a, we're at a, um, a, a, one of the, uh, it was a biker's roadhouse, something or other. And it was for, you know, it was for a, a, a fundraiser and we're all sitting there and there's 13 of us. And I started laughing at something and I mean, belly laughing, belly laughing. Yeah. And I caught myself and I looked up and I'm like, shit, am I supposed to be laughing? Like, I... and everybody's got a can of Coca-Cola in front of them and they're all laughing and I'm like what is my problem like loosen up girlfriend this is your life you know what I mean and it's not bad you know I thought it was going to be boring you know I'm, I'm going to these sober dances and stuff but I'm like oh <laughs> yeah <is> terrible. <laughs> yeah and the laughing I is good this. This is my life. whenever now someone's laughing at you Whenever someone's laughing at you in a meeting, because they're resonating with you, they they yeah, relate yeah. to what you're saying, and they're only laughing yeah. because it's happened to them, yeah. and they yeah. know. And that belly laugh, you know, I've talked about that on another episode before. Like I did stand up comedy, you know what I mean, in addiction. So like I was laughing in addiction, but I was laughing with my head, you know. Whereas yeah. I heard you tell a joke, and I could process it, and know it's funny, and then tell myself to laugh at it to give them the benefit. But I wasn't laughing with my stomach, a true belly laugh until I got sober. And it was like, you know, a couple of weeks in, I was at rehab and I was laughing at some shit and I'm dying. I'm like, my stomach hasn't hurt from laughing since I was a kid. I and know. I was, love it. I love it. I can laugh at everything now. I can laugh at myself. Cried I everything you know, too. That. Cried everything it, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was crying yesterday over some, some damn show and I'm like, oh. Oh my God, the show's getting. I love it. it. I love it. And, and I just, I don't know. I get so much more out of my life. Can I ask recovery. how your son's doing? He is not a heroin addict. 
anymore. Thank God. He's been yeah. clean from heroin for seven years. Um, he just moved back to Connecticut. Um, I love having a relationship with him. Um, he doesn't do meetings, you know, and of course, at first I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. But again, I've learned. Again, it's everybody has their own. Everybody has their own thing. He goes, mom, I just don't get anything out of him anymore. But he's so much into um, uh, his martial arts. Uh, he's there six That's days his a meeting. week. That's his That's meetings. His meetings. That's his, yeah. that's his support and group. I that's the people that got his back literally. It. Yeah, that's, you know, you don't yeah. need to go to AA's great. And you no. don't even need to be an alcoholic to work the steps. Anybody can get a benefit no. from working the steps, whether you're an alcoholic or not. No. And that's the point is you don't need to go to AA. You don't need to go to NA. You don't need to go to CA. You just need to have some support. You need to talk, whether it's through a therapist, whether yeah. it's through a peer yes. counselor, yes. whether it's to people yes. online like us that are completely random. Our DMs are open message us we'll talk i i had a woman um i not that i was going to quit you know but I, I i get so caught up in numbers because i'm a drug addict you know and i get so caught up in my numbers sometimes and i'm looking at the numbers and i'm so distraught the other day and i'm talking I'm like, oh, just, like grumbled under my breath the entire time about it and then i get a message at like midnight from this girl that's you know oh out in england and that's saying how much she loves my show and appreciates it and she's two days sober and going to binge watch and try to stay sober like that right there is going to keep me going another six 12 months that's why you know that's why we do what we do absolutely yeah. i love that so if I she's listening it. now i hope you're still sober um you know and doing well out there me across too. the pond so but i, I know you got to get across the border soon yeah, I know you got to yeah, get across yes, the border. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I this was so much fun. Last minute, I what love is your it. Show? What is the name planning. of your show? My the name of my show is Lore's World of Sobriety. Well, I think it's just Lore's World on YouTube, but I'll send you the link and I'll uh, put all the links um, in the description. So whether yeah, you're listening or whether you're watching, just go to the description. You'll be able to go to her Instagram, yeah. go to her YouTube, and all that. So. Have yeah. a nice trip. And I got to have, have a safe you trip on up too. There. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know me. I'm, this is what I do full time. I'm, I'm ready. Let All me right. get back from Canada. I will, sit I down. Be, and talk. I, I will be in touch with you. This was really great. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to do this with you. And uh, always remember it's progress, not perfection. And just don't drink and don't do drugs. That's all we cannot do. We can do anything else we want to. Damn straight. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. All right. All right, see Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a All great right. day. You too. Bye-bye.